I was watching ESPN a few weeks ago. It's kind of weird, the absence of any new programming of sports events. The content has all changed. They're rebroadcasting vintage games. Uh, The fact is uh, you have commentators and players that are discussing previous World Series. You're following classic NFL games. They're dissecting entire seasons of the NBA and the NHL as they moved into the playoffs. But they did a documentary, and it was on Walter Payton and the Man of the Year Award. And that kind of caught my interest. You know, some of the previous winners of that award were running back Franco Harris, defensive tackle Joe Green, wide receiver Lynn, Lynn Swan, running back Jerome Bettis. Are you, are you following the trend here? I'm naming all the Pittsburgh Steelers that have won that award. That, that award is always given right before the, the Super Bowl, and it's believed to be one of the highest honors that you can receive in the NFL. It recognizes high-impact players, their contributions off the field, their humanitarian efforts, as well as excellent on the, on the field. It's named in the honor of Walter Payton. He's considered one of the greatest running backs of all time. Sweetness. You know, they showed some footage of him. He played with this incredible intensity on the field. He would elude and bounce off of tacklers. He, he would fight free from the grasp of his opponents. He played with raw determination. He would zero in on the end zone. And with just kind of a single-minded intensity, he would not be denied many times. And as I was watching that, I thought, that's the picture of the Christian life. That's how God wants us to live our faith. You know, how do I know that? Well, the Apostle Paul, he uses athletic metaphors for the Christian life. In a letter written to the Philippians, he didn't use a football analogy. I mean, they didn't have football in the first century. But he uses sports language. He compares the Christian faith to the kind of race that you would see in the Olympic Games. Paul announces Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, Beloved, I do not consider that I made it on my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Jesus Christ. Paul captures the image of an athlete, single, focused pursuit of the finish line. Paul uses words like press on, strain forward, toward the goal. Paul is given everything in pursuit for the prize. It's how Paul lived. It's how every Christ follower is to live. What's Paul straining for? Is he fighting his way for heaven? No. Paul's really clear in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. He says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. See, we do not win reconciliation with God. We, we don't gain access to heaven by, by struggling and straining and striving. It's a free gift. We receive it by grace through faith. But Paul was writing to first century Christians who'd come to the conclusion that Once they accepted Jesus as their Savior, had received that grace, become a Christian, 
that they could just sit on the sidelines, kind of wait for heaven. In fact, that's what many who call themselves Christians today think they can do. It's a minimalistic mentality. It's kind of like if you got married and you turn to your new spouse and you say, hey, what's the minimum that I could do so that we could stay together? I mean, that minimalistic mentality, it won't work in marriage. In fact, it makes you question why you got married in the first place. Makes you wonder if it even is a marriage. I'm not sure what that kind of relationship's about, but I know it's definitely not about love. That minimalistic mentality does not work in marriage, and friends, it doesn't fly in the Christian life either. You know, after Paul uh, affirms that salvation's a free gift, Paul says in Ephesians 2.10, he says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Even before you gave your life to Jesus Christ, God had prepared a race for you, a mission for you to accomplish, and God wants you to pursue that race with, with single-minded focus. You know, as you press toward the goal, as you move toward the goal line, when, when you align yourself with God's higher calling, when, when you're in sync with God's purpose for your life, friends, there is no greater adventure in life. It, you find yourself in, in the race, and it's empowering. You know, you find joy and fulfillment as you run. That You find in the race, although it's challenging at times, it's uplifting. In fact, it's life-changing. You know, how do you run a race when that goal seems so distant? You know, how do you run the race when things get difficult? How do you run a race and do it for a lifetime? Or maybe I should ask this, what race are you supposed to run? Well, I challenge you to look up today, to look to God to discern what your purpose is in this life. As Christ followers, we, we share common purposes. For instance, we're, we're all called to become more and more like Jesus Christ. We're all called to help other people in the name of Jesus Christ. We're called to extend grace to those around us. We're to become a beacon of hope in a broken world. We're, we're to shine and to share our faith. These are all things that all followers of Jesus Christ are to be about. But there's also a race that's kind of tailor-made. You know, Paul, he, he focused on his assignment from God. In fact, he told King Agrippa during, during his trial, Paul, Paul said, this is what Jesus told me to do. You know, it's found in Acts 26, verse 17 and 18. He says, I will rescue you from this people and the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you. I send you to open their eyes and turn from the darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God, so that by trusting in me, they may obtain forgiveness of sin and place with those whom God has made his own. Paul understood his race. And if you read the life of Paul, he ran with great determination his whole life. He had enthusiasm and passion. I do not know what race God wants you to run. I mean, it might be helping the poor. It might be praying for people. 
might be teaching or leading a group or comforting the sick. It might be administrating or leading a ministry. It could be anything. Friends, whatever it is, whether it's in the spotlight or behind the scenes, you run the race with determination. You run with enthusiasm. You run with passion in your life. I like John Newton, the author of the song Amazing Grace. He would tell a story many times, and he said, imagine two angels, and God's given them assignments. One angel he assigns to sweep the dirtiest streets in the dirtiest city in the dirtiest country on the planet. The other angel he assigns to reign over a, a, a splendid kingdom, the most splendid in the world. Those two angels, it's absolutely irre- irrelevant to them which assignment they got. As long as they ran the race that God wanted them to run. Friends, the important thing is that you align yourself with God's purpose for your life. Whatever your assignment, you run the race, you, you fulfill it, you do it. You know, my personal assignment? Help people say yes to Jesus Christ. You know, help people grow in, in their faith. When I'm doing that, I'm the most effective, I'm the most fired up, I'm the most fulfilled at the end of the day. You know, in order to run the race, God wants you to run, you need God. You need God. The, the grace will, that, that race that you run, it will require dependency on God to accomplish it. The, the race will, will bring glory to God. And I know, as I said, that some of you are thinking, well, I can't run the race God wants me to run. I, I don't have what it takes. That's my point. See, you need God to do it. Whatever race that God wants you to run, I'm absolutely sure that God will equip you, God will guide you, God will protect you, God will provide whatever it is that you need to run the race. You just have to keep looking to God and seeking God in the midst of it. And I would challenge you to think about some of the difficult circumstances that that you faced in your life. Because many times, that's the training ground for the race. That's what equips you. God will use those things to bring about good. You know, Philippians 1, 6, it says, God is the one who began the good work in you, and I'm certain that he won't stop before it is completed on the day that Jesus Christ returns. In other words, what God starts, God always finishes. God wants to help you grow. He wants to help you mature. He wants you to run the race that he sets before you. You know, you're not here by accident. God made you on purpose for a purpose. So look up and figure out what that race is and run it and quit looking back. Quit looking back. You know, many years ago, many pounds ago, I used to be on a track team and I had a coach and one of the things he would say all the time, he would go, never glance backwards during a race. It will slow you down. It will distract you. If you want to finish well, if you want to win, do not look back. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. In the spiritual race, our past oftentimes weighs us down. It is a distraction in our lives. Listen to this again. It's what we started with. Philippians 3, 
verse 13 and 14, beloved, I do not consider that I made it on my own, but this one thing, this one thing, forget what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Jesus Christ. Paul's saying, forget what lies behind. Why? So that I can press toward the goal, so I can run toward the prize. I am absolutely convinced one of the things that holds most people back in life is they're looking in the rearview mirror all the time. They're, they're looking, trying to figure out what's behind them, and they're, they're looking at their past failures and their past hurts. You know, I can't believe I did, I did that. You know, it cost me. It was so bad. You know, it was 10 years ago. I guess this is just payback. It's what I deserve. You know, I can't believe they lied. They cost me that job. They've ruined my life. You know, I can't believe my spouse left me. I'll never be happy again. In fact, is some of you, you're looking back, and it's something that was said to you. You know, maybe by a parent or a teacher or a coach, maybe a spouse, maybe, maybe a pastor. And for some reason, what they said took root in your mind and your soul. You know, you're a loser. You're worthless. And you're just a dreamer. You'll never amount to anything. And those words from the past, they echo and they weigh you down. Now, please hear me. I am not trying to minimize what happened. I'm not trying to minimize what you did, maybe. But at some point in life, your past must become your past. When you refuse to forgive people who hurt you, when when you refuse to ask someone for forgiveness for mistakes you've made, when you refuse to forgive yourself, you pay the price for that stuff. Remember the objects in the rearview mirror? They may appear closer than they are. You want to get some distance from your guilt your anger, your, your shame, quit looking back. Paul, I am absolutely sure that he had a lot of guilt in his life. You know, he had murdered people. He was responsible for a lot of people being executed. But he had to let that stuff go. Some of you need to stop reliving the past. Some of you need to stop uh, being manipulated by by memories or something someone said. You got to let it go. You got to break free from it. If you're going to run the race, if you're going to reach the finish line, quit looking back and start looking forward. Keep your eyes on the prize. You know, the NFL, for instance, the the winner of the Super Bowl, the, the team receives the Lombardi trophy. Players receive fancy rings about $125,000, a lot of bling, fame. They get endorsements many times. In the first century, the winner of the race was given a wreath, and it was made of leaves. They were given 500 coins, which was an okay amount of money. They received free meals. They got front seats at the theater. A lot of nice prizes were given. But those prizes, they all have one thing in common. They're temporary. They fade. Paul says, we seek 
a different kind of thing, a different prize. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25, it says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it, why? To get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. What's the prize? Well, I think the greatest prize is hearing our Lord and Savior say, well done, good and faithful servant. The prize is knowing that we made a difference with our one and only life. That the prize is eternal. You know, for all eternity, you will know you ran the race and you gave it your all. You know, Scripture says in heaven, every follower of Jesus Christ will receive rewards according to how they run the race. Now, I don't know what all the rewards will be. But I know they're coming from the creator of this universe whose imagination and generosity and creativity is mind-boggling. You can trust that it'll be worth it in the end. See, when you keep your eyes focused on the prize, your perspective shifts. Suddenly, the, the obstacles, the disappointments don't seem so big. The hardships don't seem so harsh. The delayed gratification it seems like it's worth it. You know, as you anticipate the, the splendor that awaits at the finish line. Can, consider what Paul writes, Philippians 3.17 says, Brothers and sisters, all of you should try to follow my example and to copy those who live the way we showed you. Paul has this great confidence he has a great confidence in the race that he's running. He says, watch how I'm running. Learn from me. You know, learn from others that are running a great race. Follow us. Do what we're doing. Christ followers. Would you feel okay with someone modeling your Christian life? Would you want them to run the race like you're running the race? Or as I, say, as I say that, are you thinking, hmm, not, not really. I'm not sure that somebody should be modeling my lifestyle. Friends, when you run the race that Paul describes, you never arrive. You're always growing. You're always improving. You're always strengthening. Let me ask you this. Are you running with a determination that you're not ashamed of? Are you running the kind of race that people are drawn to? Are you running the kind of race that God's called you to run? Are you forgetting what's behind? Are you straining forward to, to what's ahead? Are you pressing on toward the goal? Are you running for the prize? If so, yay God. I celebrate that. If not, I want you to imagine that the starting gun was just, just went off. Right now, you have the opportunity to look up so that you can figure out what race it is that God wants you to run. Quit looking back. Stop it, stop it, stop it. 
You're created for more than whatever's back there. And look forward, keep your eyes on the prize. And that prize is something you can celebrate now and you'll celebrate in eternity. Keep running, don't stop, keep running. Whatever race God's called you to, run it with everything in you. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we thank you for this day. And God, I pray that whatever the race is, that Lord, you'd make it clear that we would hear your Holy Spirit whisper that we'd experience those moments when we have great passion for something, enthusiasm. We realize that we were actually created for that moment, for that ministry. And God, I pray that you would use us, that uh, I know there are some today that their past is just weighing them down. God, I pray that they would know that what's back there doesn't matter. If it's holding them back, that it just doesn't matter. God, your Holy Spirit would whisper that you're more than that. Their future's brighter than that. God, I pray that we would look forward to the future with anticipation. That we would look for the opportunities that you place before us. That we would seize those opportunities with everything in us. God, we thank you for this day. Use us in a mighty way this week. We give you the glory and praise. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And God's people said, amen. See you next week.